mojo coming into town. <laughs> Watch this, baby. Is that bike too big for you? Hey, Clarity! <laughs> mean bike you got there. <laughs> Can I take a ride, pal? Can I beep the horn? <laughs> oh, oh, thank you! <laughs> <laughs> Should have let the man ride his bike. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 156. We're in the second half of the second hundred of episodes now. Uh, this is my pick for movie of the week. I am Larry, your main host with the most, and along with me <laughs> for the ride once again is Jessalyn. Hello. And we've been away for about two weeks now, a little more than two weeks. We've watched a buttload of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get into it right now. Uh, we'll start naming them off and where we, you can catch them uh, at this point in time. We're in July of two, 2021. So, um, of course, you know, with movies being released on streaming and everything, they tend to change after a while. Uh, like Netflix will get rid of something and it won't be available on Netflix, but you can get it from maybe Prime or something. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if this is an older episode you're listening to, maybe, uh, like down the line, if you listen to this episode, maybe these movies might not be available on those services anymore. Yeah. But uh, if you're listening to this, I mean, a week from now or the day it comes out or whatever, uh, all of these will be on the uh, appropriate channels or sites or streaming platforms. Correct. That's a very good point. I'm glad yes. that you pointed that out. All right, good. So we're on the same page, so let's start hitting, let's start getting through these movies. Yeah. So, so we can get to our movie of the week. So. Let's get through Caveat, because that one I don't really remember at all. Caveat, uh, 2020 on Shutter. It's a Shutter movie. Um, the cover of it has like this weird looking puppet or... Uh, like a rabbit? Yeah. A scary rabbit. And it doesn't really appear too much more in the movie, so I don't know what the significance yeah. of it is. But what this movie essentially is, is that... Um, this guy is hired by his friend, quotation marks that you can't see because this mm -hmm. is a podcast. He um, hires a friend who has amnesia to watch his friend's sister on this isolated house. Like, it's isolated because it's surrounded by water. Mm -hmm. uh, that this, his friend's daughter is, um, has mental problems, schizophrenic possibly, and um, so he goes, they go to the house, and we see the daughter there, and she's um, seems somewhat disturbed and afraid right, of right. men, or whomever comes to the house, really, so that this amnesiac has to put on this harness 
and it's locked it's locks him inside this harness and he's chained to the floor and he can only reach certain parts of the house right um then of course you know there's a lot of mystery what happens going on in here and uh the woman he's watching has a starts telling him things that he doesn't believe so it's um it kind of it, it all starts to unfold after a while and he sees that he's actually been to this house before and he was actually hired before to kill the father and then you know there's back and forth between him and the, the guy who hired him and and just new information is released slowly in this movie um, kind of slow moving it's a I wouldn't necessarily it's a slow burn it's just a slower moving kind of movie. Yeah, I wouldn't add the the term burn to yeah, there's, it. There's no burning in it. It's just yeah. surrounded by water. So. Slow. Uh, <laughs> and surrounded by water. <laughs> so um what did you remember it? Yeah, I don't much? I can't say. I can't give an opinion because I don't remember very much of it, so I clearly wasn't paying attention <laughs> at all. So. It it was okay. It's not the greatest movie ever made. But I will say something about Shudder is that they don't necessarily put up too much crap. Agreed. If it's Shutter, I I assume it's going to be quality of some sort. Oh, so, or, it may not be or, the best. Or but... unique. Yes. Because mm -hmm. uh, one example I would say is the the movie Slacks that came out. Ooh. I didn't like that movie at all. I no. thought it was stupid as shit. I, I mean, thought it was funny, but it could have been done in 20 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yes, I have never seen a movie about killer pants. Right, and they have it. So, <laughs> and yeah, this is another one of those kind of small movies you might pass by if it was on Amazon Prime. But if you look at Shudder, how they curate their movies, they they kind of are intriguing. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're giving you something that you don't normally see. And it doesn't get mixed in with all the other Amazon Prime crap that they have on there. Right. Um, do I recommend this movie? I I do recommend it. It's not bad. It's just probably a movie I'm never going to watch again. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you, hell, it's forgettable for you, so. Yeah. Uh, so was the twist... You remembered the twist. Yeah. It, it rings a bell now that you said it. Yeah, I but... remember the twist. I remember... Other things that go on because the house actually the the art department did a really great job on the house itself. I mean, it looks like shit. Um, not a place I would like to stay. <laughs> it's kind of right. grimy. So uh, yeah, there are some pluses in this movie, but all in all, uh, I'm not gonna say pass it. But hey, if you have if you're you're running low on movies to watch on Shutter and this one's left, I would check it out. Why not? Yeah. Good. Okay. Next up, let's do Seance 2021. That's a rent on Shutter. Now, I rented it without you because it was literally about a group of girls summoning a ghost at boarding school. And I was like, there's no way in hell Larry is going <sighs> to give a shit about this movie. Until I found out the name of the writer and director, <laughs> yes. which was Simon Barrett. Mm -hmm. And Simon Barrett, if you don't know, is he would did like your next. He wrote that. He wrote a lot of the Adam Wingard movies. Right. <clears throat> They're kind of like a team, you know. Uh, uh, the Guest also he wrote. So um, it was cool to see him direct a movie. And it was cool to see his vision brought to the screen by himself. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to say that I, I really did like this movie. It's, so did it's I. It's good. Even more the second time. <clears throat> yeah. And I want to say that... I, I was very impressed because he didn't follow the popular tropes that other directors and writers are doing now and 
other the the directors he's worked with before have done. What I was expecting in this movie, and I didn't get it, which I'm happy about, was a lot of synth music, a lot of yes. like creepy long shots and stuff, which didn't happen. I never he, would have guessed he had um, anything to do with yes. it. But because he's never directed anything I've seen. Right, yeah. exactly. So it was it was a breath of fresh air to get something a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really liked it. It was a, it was a good movie, filmed well, writing was was well done. Um, I, I unfortunately I had you were watching this movie and I came in in the last like twenty minutes of it. Yeah, so you saw the twist <clears throat> right when it started to happen, right? And then went back and watched the whole thing, right? Yeah. And then but that kind of helped out in, in a little a little bit. Because I was able to see certain things in the movie. I can see who potentially the killer was just by little tells that happen in the movie. And you can barely see them unless you're really paying attention. Which is fun for a rewatch. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's not spoil anything. Oh, I'm not going to spoil anything. Definitely check it out. But it's it's a ghost story, but or is it a whodunit? It could be right. either one of those things. Right. Yeah. Uh, pretty much what it is is that... Um, there's these mean girls at this private school mm-hmm. that uh, play a prank on this one girl. She kind of freaks out, and then um, someone or something appears in her room, and then they hear a scream, and they go to her room to see that she she's Defenestrates. dead. What's that? That means jumping out of a oh. window. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> she, she did that then. <laughs> and they see her dead body down there. Um, cut to like a little while later, maybe a few weeks or a month later, there's a new student who's taking, taking the place of the, the, the girl who jumped out of the window. Mm-hmm. And she's somewhat mysterious, I want to say. Not like, it's not, they don't spend the whole movie trying to like show you or, or give you little signs about her and about what she's about. But there's just little parts in this movie that you're, you're, you're figuring out like, maybe there's something with her too yeah mm-hmm. so it's a little you know you're you're trying to figure out this mystery and at the same time there's another mystery being presented to you so um i really appreciated that and and once again i really appreciated the direction of the movie yeah i liked it i i don't want to even add to anything yeah. you just said mm-hmm. because watch it watch it seance yeah. it is i don't think it's on shutter yet but it's available to rent but it, it is. is, it will be on Shutter pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those, like, Cycle Gorman was, like, promoted by Shutter, And then but a few months down the line, yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll release it on Shutter. So. so, yeah, we paid for it, but I think we paid, like, six bucks. So yeah, I actually it rented cheap. it twice, because yeah. I really uh, wanted bucks. you to see it, yeah. So, yeah, Seance 2021, Rent on Shutter. We watched it over two weeks ago, so um, just piggybacking on what Larry said at the beginning of this podcast, maybe it's free now. We yeah. haven't checked. It might yeah. be. I haven't looked on Shutter in a minute, but it'll probably be a little bit longer before it's available on there. Yeah. But I will say uh, you should, this is a definite watch, I say. If you're, you like your next and you like that crew of guys who just makes all these horror movies like Adam Wingard, uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? who, he's like the chubbier guy with the beard. Oh, yeah, I know, I can't ah, remember his it. name. Radio Silence kept getting stuck in my head. Um, he's an actor from Your Next, he's, but also he's in the, yeah, yeah. And, um, and in the other movie that we did a while back, the other Adam Wingard movie we a did. Horrible Way to Die. Right, he's yeah. the, the serial killer in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's in all of that stuff. He's in The Guest, also a very small role. But anyway. Um, but important, yeah. Great, 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 great. Uh, I liked it a lot. So definitely check out Seance. 
Agreed. Next, uh, just continuing on with our Shudder binge, we watched Vicious Fun from 2020 on Shudder. Ah, yes. Vicious Fun. Um, I first learned about this movie a, a few days before we watched it. I watched like a trailer for it on YouTube, and I was kind of intrigued. I was like, alright, you know, maybe we can check this out, and then we ended up watching it maybe a few days later. And it's about... <laughs> it's about this, this kid who... Um, I don't know, he must be like 21, 22 years old. Yeah. Uh, his roommate's with this girl that he likes, but I mean, he's a complete, total nerd dude. Uh, yeah, they open that he's a film critic for a small, like, online magazine. For his magazine, own magazine, yeah. Just to establish, like, his nerdiness, I guess. Because right. that doesn't really have a lot to do or, with Or more establish more of his... Um, his intelligence to horror and how Absolutely. things play out. I agree, yeah. So the, the start of the movie is him interviewing a movie director and pretty much, you know, uh, uh, being passive-aggressive towards this movie director about yeah. like, uh, about certain things. It's, it's a pretty funny, th- it's pretty funny uh, exchange between the two of them. And in that interview, uh, the movie director kind of challenges him on what he'd do and he responds, that, you know, taxi drivers. Yeah. And then he explains why the serial killer would be taxi drivers uh, and the director kind of writes it off, and that becomes sort of important later. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, um, so then after that, we see like he lives with this one girl he really really likes, and that she um, he was waiting for her to come home, you know. Um, and then he sees that there's this this guy drops her off, and she gets out of the car, goes to the door, and he sits and waits for her, and then she doesn't come to the door right away. So then he goes and looks, and then she's totally blowing the one dude in the car. <laughs> Um, so, of course, he gets a little upset by that, but, you know, still trying to play it cool. Um, the girl finally comes in the house and, you know, says I went on a date and everything, and that she's having some friends over, if he can, you know, kind of dip out, and he's like, yeah, sure, kind of, whatever, that's, that's fine. It's very clear that she is not, they are roommates, and right. she is in no way interested in this guy. No way. So, it's, so that's, just friends. As to his kind of sadness. And yeah. she did, and, and they're friends, though. That's the thing, <clears throat> is that yeah. they get along well. They're not, like, she doesn't dismiss him. But he's also not on our hook by any means, either. Right. She made it pretty clear. Right. They're friends. So he ends up <clears throat> leaving the house, and he sees that the guy is still outside of the house. So he, what he ends up doing is he follows him to a bar mm-hmm. and starts to talk to this guy, and he start totally starts getting wasted <laughs> sitting mm-hmm. at this bar, which is a, a funny. <laughs> this is a funny scene with him and the one guy who got blown. It's, yeah, you know, I don't think the protagonist is as likable as you do. He's fine. No, I'm, I'm not saying he's likable at all. I didn't okay. say that. I'm, you don't have to be likable to be funny. I guess to I me, don't, they I, okay. go hand in I don't, hand. I don't, yeah, they don't go hand in hand for me. I mean, I see um, there's funny bad guys in movies, and I mean, they're not necessarily likable, but I still laugh at them. And, or you can laugh at Zorg from Fifth Element. Uh, Gary Oldman's character. He's yeah. a badass, but he's still funny. Yeah. He does funny things. I wouldn't get me started on that character either. <laughs> uh, right. the wrong movie to go on. Okay. Anyway. I can, I can name probably a hundred more. <laughs> we'll move on from there. I yeah. like the fifth element. But anyway, so I wasn't as charmed by this guy. Mm. I was I was charmed by him yeah. a little bit. Not, uh, not necessarily by his actions towards his roommate or his whole reason for being there yeah i mean it's the nice guy trope for sure right and they play 
I'm, and it's done for a reason. And it's not just... This movie isn't just saying, oh, nice guys finish last. And sure. It's not saying that at all. Yeah. It's actually showing you this guy who is that whole nice guys finish last kind of thing and flipping it a little bit. Oh, just a little bit, not too much. And playing off it and getting more towards what this guy's endgame is. He, yeah, he's a turd. Yeah. He's not a bad person, no. per se. Agreed. He's kind of a turd. And that plays well into the predicaments he's going to get into this movie. Um, if he was more of a likable character, I don't think I would have liked this movie as much. Seeing him as uh, a kind of this nobody with kind of the same interests as I do, but at the same time still, uh, I'm going to say a pinch scummy, but he's just working on that whole trope that he's used to to doing and it's not and it doesn't work and it doesn't work in real life either guys who act like him but i think through this movie he learns more about himself and more about other people totally and about agree. other people's feelings yeah. so what ends up happening is he gets wasted at the bar with this guy and the guy the one guy ends up leaving and bob. flipping him with the bill bob yeah <laughs> leaves him with the bill and he just ends up staying there getting drunk and that whole montage of him drinking is hilarious. It is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, and then he gets wasted at this bar and passes out. The bar closes and he passes out. And like he this, passed out in a closet. Right, yeah. like a janitor closet. And wakes up and he sees that he's in like a um, uh, an AA meeting kind of, but for serial killers. And he's chain locked in, literally. And he can't, can't get leave. out of the building. Yeah. So he ends up joining these other serial killers, which is like five or six of them there. And they're all introducing themselves kind of in a way and, you know, telling them, you know, about themselves. And then he appears and they automatically kind of think that he's one of the serial killers. So he has to act like one of the serial killers. So he, he ends up, of course, bringing that taxi bit back about how it's a perfect, you know, that's, yes. that, that's what his M.O. is compared to the other guys. And then the others point out how stupid that actually is. No, how, no, well, no, <laughs> they actually, no, the first, to... but the first time when he first says it, though, all the other serial killers are kind of intrigued by it until Bob is, you find out Bob, the guy he ended up following is actually one of the serial killers, right. but he came late. He left to go fuck someone else and he came late. So, and then Bob totally calls him out on this, you know, because yeah. Bob is the really, really smart serial killer of all yeah. of them, which is, uh, that dude is great in this movie. He's my, he's the <clears throat> best part of the whole movie. He is. And maybe it's not fair to the protagonist but mm. that this guy was just so fun, but yeah. Yes. So and I, that, I think we shouldn't wreck any more. But from there, yeah. and then they're on, from there, and then things start to unfold more, right. and then there we go on our way, and a bunch of shit happens. And that's where we'll leave it for there. Yeah. Uh, I recommend this movie. It Me was, too. It was fun. I also had fun at mm. Vicious Fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, uh, yeah, check out Vicious Fun on Shudder. Um, all we're going to say about it, it's a good time. <clears throat> David Koechner's in it. If you hate that guy, you're going to like this movie. So. <laughs> and I do. You know, I, I don't even hate the actor. Or I thought I did, but it's not him. He's just always awful. In everything he's in, he's always the worst character. Right. And he's not even, like, the worst character this time, either. He's somewhat he's even, like, a voice of reason. He is, but as soon as I laid eyes on him, I was You're like, like, oh, oh God, okay. And, you, and I bet you thought he... 
No, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. no spoilers. <laughs> so next, let's uh, dive into Jesslyn's Corner for a second. Yeah, you watched this movie without me. Yeah, I watched on. It's from 1978. It's recommended on all these like best horror movies you've never seen or classic horror movies. It's called Magic from 1978 on 2B. It's on 2B right now as of July 28th. 2020. July 21st. <laughs> it's July 21st. I've been writing that date and planning for a meeting, and that's why it stuck in my head. 21st. Um, Magic. It stars Anthony Hopkins and Anne Margaret. Mm-hmm. And I finally just gave in and was like, fine. All of these lists are telling me that this is a classic. I need to watch it. I don't usually like going back to 70s horror because... It's a lot more like just women getting butchered without fighting back. Mm-hmm. Not exactly something that I love. The female characters aren't that great. Not always, but usually, usually in yeah. 70s movies. It's not until the 80s that that started to improve. Um, this is n- this is an exception, kind of. I wouldn't say there's really violence against women, but Anne Margaret's character is kind of an idiot. <laughs> um, through no fault of Anne Margaret. I just want to say, <laughs> Anne Margaret... I love you. I don't know if she's alive or not. She's alive she still. Yeah. yeah, and Margaret, I love you. This was not your fault. This is the bullshit roles that you had to take in 1978. And I get it. Um, as for the movie itself, it's it's about... This has been done in, like, Tales from the Crypt and other, like, horror shows. A ventriloquist dummy. It's a yeah. ventriloquist dummy who may or may not actually be alive. And, then we, and of course, you don't know that until, like... Close right. to the end of the movie kind of thing. And since it's from 1978, yeah, let's just go ahead and get there. It's not. It was all in Anthony Hopkins' head. Mm-hmm. He was making this dummy alive. He really thought this dummy was talking to him, but it was all in his head. All right. Sorry, that movie was from 43 years ago, and I spoiled it for you. Which do you think is better now? Do you think magic or dead silence? I mean, I have to say dead silence, (laughs) Um, simply because it is more up-to-date and more tongue-in-cheek than magic really ever gets. Magic (laughs) is a pretty, like, straightforward psychological horror film at at its end, at its core. So, fine, you made me pick dead silence over another movie that people consider a classic. (laughs) One of these days I'm going to get you to pick death sentence over something. That will never happen. I'll die first. (laughs) Well, Well, I can think of one movie I'd pick it over, but let's not go there. So, Magic. I watched it, and it is a horror movie from 1978. That's the nicest thing you have to say about it, right? Pretty much. Anthony Hopkins, great. Anthony Hopkins is great. Of course he is. Do Anthony I need to Hopkins, say that? You know what? Anthony Hopkins is boring as fuck. There's, of course, yeah, there's a few roles where he's pretty good, you know? Yeah. And even excellent. But most of us, I'm fucking bored, man. Like, I... I uh. He's, like, one of the examples I would say is Thor, where I really feel like he's phoning in all those movies. He couldn't possibly care less. Yeah. This is a paycheck for him. No, and he's in like a Transformers movie yeah. and stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's man. not bad, but he's not putting any effort into this at all. You, you got Hannibal Lecter. There you go. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway. So next. anyway, moving on. Let's get into... Okay, we'll start doing... I'm going to couple those together. So let's get to Fear Streets. Parts uh. 1, 2, and 3 we have seen. 1994, 1978, and 1666. Spoilers, which becomes 1994, Part 2. <laughs> Halfway through, on. yes. Uh, this was kind of a surprise Netflix uh, group of movies. 
Um, the Fear Street movies were released one week from each other, which I thought was awesome. Me too. I was like, good, we don't have to wait too long, and my entrance, my interest of the movies didn't wane at all. So it was great that they just released them one week at a time. I and think that worked out really well. So do we know, will there be more? Because this felt like pretty good closure to this story. Yes, I, I'm hoping that, of course, this story is done. Yeah. And that they'll just do other kind of Fear Streets. Not necessarily like the years like they did, but just separate movies. Because I'm pretty sure RL, this is an R.L. Stein series of books. That I think so too. Not just, not like how they did the Goosebumps movie, where it's like all of his fucking stories in there. Right. I think this is, they're picking stories. And they're, I think, and I'm pretty sure they're going to keep going on with this. Because I'm, yeah. I'm also pretty sure that these are popular. And they're being talked about a lot. Popular, yeah, with, uh, I would say, millennials, maybe, because I just missed R.L. Stein. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was reading Stephen King, and I'm not saying that, like, I was highbrow with Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King is not highbrow. That's just what I was reading. It's just bigger words reading. to read. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Bigger books, yes. So, we missed it. So, I think it's a yeah. millennial thing. Yeah, it's not, um, I didn't read any of those R.L. Stein books. Yeah. I was, pre I appreciate them very much. I, I... Of course, when I was older, I would see younger kids reading these little horror stories, and I'd be like, "This is a great, a great stepping point for kids getting into horror." Yeah, because so. it's it's a way to be scared in a safe environment. That's what mm. horror is. Yes. So yeah, I'm always always um, a fan of that. But as for the uh, movies themselves, they are pretty good. They and are rated R. Rated R. There's mm -hmm. uh, blood decapitations, people's heads going into a bread slicer. And a couple of axes to the face. Unexpected deaths. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in this uh, in this series. They show boobs in one of them. Like, hey, alright, great. Let's let's keep going with this mm -hmm. series. Uh, so I guess the premise, uh, if you haven't watched these movies yet, is that um, there's this town called Shadyside and it's right next to another town called Sunnyvale or Sunnydale or the Sun, fuck? Sunnyvale, Sunnyvale. yeah. Sunnyvale. Um, Sunnyvale is all the rich kids, Shadyside is all the poor kids and then uh, we figure out through the series is that there's a curse on the Shadyside part of town mm -hmm. and that every few years a serial killer emerges and kills people and there's a big what to do about it and everyone kind of thinks that this place is cursed they think and what they think is that it's a witch from the 1600s yes. that has cursed the town it's like an urban legend i guess exactly. which actually ends up not even being an urban legend that ends up being true right no more spoilers i did really enjoy the twist mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um so yeah the first movie deals with 1994 the second movie deals with 1978 um i really liked the first movie you know we were introduced to all these actors yeah. Uh, and all these characters. And in the second movie, we're introduced to a bunch of different characters, plus some, a few of the same, one or two of the same that are in the first one, but younger versions of themselves. Played by the same actors, yeah. So um, it's like no, 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 not yet. Um, played by different actors this time around, the second one I'm talking about. But several of them are the same actors playing different characters. In the second one? In the second one, Well, too, in 1978. Right, right. I'm talking yeah. about the 78 part of the movie. None of the same actors play the, the other actors in 1994. But they do play some of the same... They do play different characters... Well, some of the same actors play different characters in 1966. 1666. Or 1666, I'm sorry. 
um, which I thought I was going to have a problem with, but actually works out very well because mm -hmm. if you think about it, the first movie gives us these characters. The second movie gives us a bunch of new characters. And when the third movie, instead of giving us a whole slew of other characters to kind of remember and get behind and learn, they give us a lot of the same actors that were in the, the prior two movies, so we're not confused by all these different characters right. in here. And in 1666, they, some of them are playing descendants of themselves, but some of them aren't. They're just yeah, different right. Characters. They're just, yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, there's some black characters in there, and then they're in the. Uh, in 1666 with the other characters. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But I see why they did that, and mm -hmm. it works. It really does work. What I was thinking that it might be like, uh, this third part of the series, would be the third part of Ginger Snaps, where we're given oh, yeah. these uh, characters again, but they're playing uh, past versions of themselves, and it just didn't kind of, it didn't work this like, the Fear Street works a lot better than that. Yeah, movie Fear Street did it really <clears throat> well, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I would say, um, anyway, uh, from there, I, I, I recommend these three movies. You should watch all of them. I, like I said, I was apprehensive about the third one just because of the whole Ginger Snaps thing. And the third movie in the Ginger Snaps trilogy yeah. kind of really put me off after the last time I watched it. And I didn't think the second one was that great, to be honest. So the um, third one hooked me again. Uh, the second one, I I, 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 kinda, I think I like them all pretty much equally. Because they all brought something different to the table and gave us more information. Yeah, they did. The first one is ghosts. The second one is slasher. I mean, mm -hmm. that's definitely a love letter to the slasher genre. Uh -huh. Much like Sleepaway Camp and those mm -hmm. types of yes. movies. And then the third one is, Witchcraft. again, like witches and right. ghosts. Yeah. So you're getting three different kind of movies that are mm -hmm. all interconnected with each other. And it works. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I want to say check these movies out. Oh, definitely. Check them out. I just, if you get kind of bored in the second movie, so did I. But it gets way better. <laughs> I, w I, I, I really didn't get bored too much with them. Next, are these all new? Yeah, so let's talk about a TV show. We finished Loki on Disney+. Uh -huh. Plus. That'll be on Disney Plus forever, because yes. Disney owns all the Marvel things forever. Yes. So, um, Loki series, this, you know, they ended up going back to um, the original Avengers movie, right at the end, where Loki is captured, and in that movie, Loki actually escapes. And all then... this, this whole show was caused by them making the Hulk take stairs. So, the Hulk's <laughs> hatred of stairs... Or why we have this series. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Loki ends up escaping that movie, and then here we go with our TV show. Um, but when Loki escapes, he is captured by, like, these time bandits, kind of like... Um, time keepers, keepers they call them, yeah. Bandits. They're like police of the this main and so because they, they've been told by these supposedly sentient beings that right. this is the true timeline right so they they follow all this shit and um capture loki and in this part of the fucking universe like none of their powers work so loki has none of his powers right and uh he ends up working for this agency trying to figure out like why these timelines are, are going out of control or or there's a threat so he tries to help them out yeah and they explain so 
episode one, you find out that he's the one splitting the timelines. Mm-hmm. There are different dimensions where Loki exists, and he's the one fucking everything up. Right. So he's been assigned to catch himself. Yes. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the first few episodes of this. Okay. I thought the first episode started off strong. It was, Yes, it and did. And then it lagged after that It for did. Me. But then the, first, the last few episodes kind of got me back into it. Yeah. The biggest issue I have with this show is that there's all this kung fu fighting in it. Yes. <laughs> like the the like the second, third, and like fourth episodes, Loki's fighting. He's got knives and shit. He's going he's doing like these kung fu moves along with this other Loki, and it, it just didn't fit with Loki. Like he's the master of like mischief and shit. Like he should be using his powers. He should be making all these things. You know. Yeah. Like he doesn't get to use his powers. And it's just like, it reminded me of like Superman, Richard Donner's Superman, where he doesn't use any of his fucking powers. It's like, why am I watching this? Why am I watching Loki fighting, going hand-to-hand combat? That really was a point of contention for you. It really was. I'm Mm -hmm. like, why am I watching this? Like, if I wanted to watch all this shit, I'll watch Captain America. He's a fighter. I'll watch the Winter Soldier and Falcon. They're Mm -hmm. fighters. Loki is a magician. Let's yeah. see some fucking magic. Let's like see him trickster. how he fights. Yeah. But he, in those episodes, though, he's just like fighting with a knife and everything. It's, it's very unlike the character and not what I want to watch from a Loki show. And it, it's supposed to be this like Loki becoming introspective and trying to figure out who he is. Right. And maybe trying to be. What, more Bruce honest. fucking Lee? Like, no. I know, I know. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying. Anyway, so I say check it out. I say check it out too, but if you if you smell what I'm cooking, then you're gonna yeah. see in those episodes where it's just there's these long drawn out fight scenes. Like no, that's that's Captain America's thing. This yeah. isn't Loki's thing. It's so not. I think there's a lot of a lot of misses that happened in the show, but overall it was enjoyable, and I did like the ending. I liked the, the ending too. Um, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I could be good with that ending. I mean, it's a cliffhanger, but I could be fine if that was it. It was greenlit for a second season, yeah. but I, I would actually feel like I got some closure. Yeah, if, if, if that led on to like the other movies or something like that, then yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, so yeah, if you have Disney+, Plus, check it out. Um, there, there are some good parts and there are some good episodes, but some of them yeah. really lack. Really nice to see Owen Wilson again. He's probably been doing stuff and I just haven't oh, yeah. watched him, but very much enjoy oh, him. No, no, no. Yeah, he's fucking doing it. Whatever. <laughs> that was an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was mine. Did you like it? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Yeah, just be surprised at shit. That's a perfect Owen Wilson expre- uh, impression. Yeah. He's great, though. It's nice to see him again. Unless you've seen him the whole time, then great. Good for yeah. him. So let's stay on Disney Plus and talk about Black Widow. Ah, yes. Black Widow. You know, I didn't expect anything. And by the time it was finally re- released, I didn't really care anymore. So I think walking yeah. into it like that... I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. <laughs> I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, too. I yeah. had a pretty good time with it. There are... Now, this is a movie where there should be some fucking fighting scenes, and there are. Black Widow's a fighter, yes. And it's good to see the fighting in this movie. The fighting is actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. 
Um, and I think in I, I well, this is perfect. So you you've seen we've watched other fighting movies here before. Like we watched like American Ninja Two and just other kind of like action movies yeah. with fighting in it. Some of them are really bad. Some, like, you know, that the, there's quick cuts and everything. You yeah. can't really pay attention to what's going on. And with the movie of the week that we're going to talk about today, that's a great example of, like, barely cutting at all. Yes. So you can see how incredible those fight scenes really right. are. Right, yes. right. And then that's the point I'm getting to here is that yeah. with Black Widow, I want to say Black Widow did a pretty decent job at that. Not great. I think their fight scenes here are better than the fight scenes in Mortal Kombat. I think, oh, I'd agree with that, um, yeah. I think somewhat they dropped the ball a little bit with Mortal Kombat. After watching Black Widow in our movie of the week, you can see like they they didn't step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, but Black Widow, um, it was fun. It was there's some pretty decent action sequences. There's some pre- pretty decent fighting. It was good to see uh, Black Widow fight, and mm-hmm. um, Florence Pugh plays the other Black Widow, was good in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. She's probably the most enjoyable character, um, and probably the most interesting character that we see in this movie. Yeah, and uh, one of my favorite things that she does, can I just ruin the one moment? Yeah, go for it. Probably all over the internet, anyway. She mocks Black Widow's landing pose. Mm-hmm. And when she does that, it becomes really clear that that landing pose would not work at all. You would break both your legs. Yeah. <laughs> really hurt. That was all Florence Pugh's ad lib yeah, that she put she in there, like, oh, and they kept disgusting, it. Disgusting, gross, or whatever yeah. she says. <laughs> What's this, where you flip your hair like this? <laughs> that is one of my favorite parts. Their chemistry as siblings is off the charts. It's, it's so, fun. so good. I wept a little at the end. Yes, it's easy to make me cry and want to hug my sister, but they they did it for me. Other than that, uh, it was fun. I had a good yeah. time watching it. Um, stacked up against other Marvel movies, yeah, it's not going to be the best one. No. Better than Doctor Strange, so... It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, better than Doctor <laughs> Strange, even though I never finished it. I don't need to, to uh, know that it's boring. better than that. But, uh, but here uh, I go talking about Loki doing magic and here's right. a whole fucking movie about magic and I'm bored. <laughs> and then you're bored. <laughs> I guess I just don't like Benedict Cumberbatch all that much. I don't like... I, I, he's like playing the same fucking character and everything. I think they make him a lot funnier in like Ragnarok. Like I would watch a movie with that yeah, Doctor Strange, yeah. but that's not what you get in Doctor Strange. But, yeah. but getting back to Black Widow, I mean, a lot of people asked, like, why did you even make this film? And I think it was a consolation prize for people who complained that Black Widow was one of the main characters who never got their own movie. Yeah. So Disney was like, fine, here. Yeah, it, I think that's... Yeah. yeah, I think you're pretty right on with that. And I think they needed to showcase another female Marvel character, another Agreed. superhero. Yeah. I think they really... Uh, people were really stepping on them to do that. So right. they're like, all right, so we got to... they did yeah, it. Yeah, and I found it... Perfectly adequate yeah. and entertaining. Yeah, it was, it was good. I yeah. had a good time watching it. Uh, all right, next. Okay, newer movies, Werewolves Within. This uh, is a rent from 2021. We rented it on Amazon. Um, starring the AT&T girl. And just stop, even before you start. Don't be <laughs> gross. I mean it. Don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I do that about so many different actors. <laughs> I know that you're doing, yeah, but you're doing it because she gets like, she got so harassed online because she has a cute butt that she like quit Twitter. Yeah, so. I, yeah there's a lot of gross people out there. Yeah. I, I understand that. And a lot of people just 
keep your words to yourself. Yeah. But when we're together and I make a joke about it, because right. I, I understand and I get it, and I'm and I'm making a joke about and it. And I know, but I don't. I know you better than anyone who's listening to you, mm. and I don't want you to be gross. And I'm not. She's and, very attractive. She's a beautiful girl. She's very cute and and charismatic. And no one deserves that kind of harassment. No one does. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. She is, I mean, I think she's the best part of this movie. I find her incredibly charming. Right, Much like she is in the AT&T commercials. Yeah. So this is about, um, it's, oh, it's a game adaptation. I didn't realize that. Yeah, we had this conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, we did. Yeah. Um... It's about a man who comes to take over the ranger position in the middle of nowhere. Who gives a Wyoming? shit where? Yeah. 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 And then he meets all the interesting characters in that town. And then there happens to be werewolf attacks. So this ends up becoming like a uh, clue mixed with knives out mixed with a werewolf. Yeah. That's what which it is. I think is fun. And you even start to think maybe this isn't a werewolf at all. Maybe this is going to be like Clue and just completely trick you. Right. It is a werewolf movie. Yeah, it is. But but it's still fun. Uh-huh. I figured it out maybe about halfway through. Me too. I had two suspects, but I was right at least. I had one point. the whole yeah. time. I I, mm-hmm. I knew it was this person. Yeah. Check it out. Werewolves Within. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a fun little romp. Into rump. like a rump, rump, not not rump. I mean, sorry. <laughs> I hate you sometimes. <laughs> fun little romp into like a you know just a fun little werewolf movie. Yeah. Check it out. Um, next, safer at home. This is so the last movie that we watched that was completely done via like Zoom mm-hmm. was the host. 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 Not the host, but host. Yes. And that was impressive because it looked like it was really done on Zoom. Mm-hmm. It looks like that's how they filmed the whole thing. So this is safer at home. The idea is the same, and it's painfully clear that not only is this not filmed on Zoom, but the writer and director didn't know anything about how Zoom works mm-hmm. at all. I don't even know really how <laughs> Zoom works. And I didn't. that's why I didn't want to bother to bitch at you about mm-hmm. it because you don't know. You're never on Zoom. You're- I am on Zoom every day for hours. Right. So I know... I mean, if you're going to do a Zoom movie, fine. And if even if it's like found footage where sometimes it's real footage, whatever, fine. Mm. But this was so painfully not filmed that way. So it's pretty much video cameras set up to make yeah. it look like laptops or something. Make it look something. like laptops, yeah. And then, but it's um, not. And then they add, like, time stamps and stuff okay. like Okay. Um, so you're not a big fan of this movie. You didn't like it very much. You know, I... I found it really predictable, mm-hmm. honestly, and I don't know if you think, just thinking through it in your head, if it was, but it was to me. Um, I kind of figured it out, too. Yeah. Um, well, not, not necessarily figure it out, but I kind of guessed what I, I was going to happen. Yeah. But aside from the story part, uh, the background of this movie is what kind of really kind of grabbed me. Okay. Because it's based on, on um, the COVID... Uh, right. Uh, uh, epidemic Much that's like going on right now. Much like centers around the COVID pandemic, yeah. Right. So this movie kind of starts off with um, news and everything. showing, like, what has happened in the world and up to the point where we are right now. But it goes past to where we are right now, yes. saying that different variants of COVID have closed everything down again and killed even more people. Like, 
10 times the amount of people now have died from this in 2022. And that's right. where the story takes place. Which means that they're going to get like a, a really low response time for ambulances or police. Or, any, or yeah. Or, like that's not a even curfew. a thing you can consider. There's mm-hmm. a curfew, yeah. And everyone's at home for the most part. So all these friends get together for one of the guy's birthdays. Uh, they're supposed to go to Vegas. So they all just kind of get together. Uh, they all end up taking this ecstasy from Japan. And um, you would think it's you think it's going to go in a certain direction from that point until it doesn't. It goes in a different direction, one to which it's a little more predictable. Yeah. But I will say that I did like the kind of background for this movie and how they took real life and went with it farther. Yeah. And it was kind of scary because... It's a possibility. It's this could happen. It's such a possibility. It might be what we're looking at right True. now. It is. Uh, I don't it's... know. So, yeah, I, I didn't dislike it. It's on Hulu. I don't think I said that. Um, it's fine. It's, I was I, intrigued by it the whole yeah. time. So, I wasn't bored. I think I was just... I couldn't get over like how deftly the movie host does like a Zoom horror movie. Mm-hmm. And how this one... It was almost lazy. Like, you're not even fucking trying to, to make this the, the aesthetic that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But oh, um, other than that, yeah, the, the premise is interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of predictable. It's kind fine. of predictable, yeah. Um, but never, like, untruthful or anything. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I like all of the actors. So yeah. I don't have a problem with any of them. I, I say check it out. Yeah, do it. Hulu. 2021. Last one before our movie of the All week. Right. We finally watched A Quiet Place Part Two, uh, yes. 2021. It's now on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. I liked this one. Me too. It was good. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I, from what comment you made while we were watching it, you said like the beginning was kind of boring. It was. I fucking thought it was fantastic. See, and I'm talking like the first three minutes of the movie and right at the second where I was like, I'm kind of bored. Something huge happens. Yes. That's, well, the setup for it is great because you're just watching a character that you know dies later on in the the first movie. Yeah, spoilers, John Krasinski is dead. So when he's in this, it's in flashbacks. Yes. Um, Very quiet. Like, the movie opens up with like, a street, an empty street. Mm-hmm. So you're automatically thinking, oh, fuck. Like, we're going right into this shit. Like, we're not even going to get some backstory. But then we do get backstory. Yeah, but there are cars parked. There, it doesn't yeah. look like chaos. But there's yeah. no one there. There's no one there. Yeah. Because everyone's at this baseball game right mm-hmm. now. And that's where we see John Krasinski uh, going to get an apple, doing some things before he goes to this baseball game. And there's, like, shit going on in the news. And, like, the, the store owner is just watching the news channel going on, talking about shit that's going on, you know, and it hasn't hit this town yet. And once they get, uh, John Krasinski gets to the baseball game, uh, everyone's, they're playing the game and everything and people start to look into the sky and see these like balls of fire and, and yeah. smoke heading towards Earth. Killian Murphy's in the bleachers and yes. I joked like, oh, we're never going to see yeah. that character again. <laughs> and then from there we, um, um, everyone's like, hey, we gotta get the fuck out of here, you know, and it's just you're with them. You 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 put yourself in there with them. Like, what would you do in this situation? You see, like, the shit starting to hit the fan. Are you going to sit there and watch it calm down? Or are you going to be one of the people who runs? Yeah. And certain people do either one of those things. And then shit starts to hit the fan. 
Uh, monsters shown pretty shortly after that, and then then we're shot off into the second part of A Quiet Place. Yeah. And it's not a sequel. This is a continuation of the first one. Right. So we see a flashback, and then it's pretty much right after the end of yes, A Quiet Place right that after. we catch up to. What I like about the opening sequence is that you get to see more, because my favorite relationship in the first one is the daughter who has a hearing disability and mm. John Krasinski as her father. That's really what crescendos, I think, to the end, yes. where now I'm getting the clunk just thinking about <laughs> it. So seeing them work together initially, I thought was really, yes. really great to give me more, even more of what I liked mm. about the first movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is a definite plus for me. Uh, check this one out. It's on Paramount Plus, actually. Yep. Uh, won't get too much more into it if I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it's just, it's pretty straightforward yeah. after that. It's not it's not incredibly different from A Quiet Place, but it's different enough that a, a sequel or continuation was justified. To yes, me, and I enjoyed watching it. Yes, and quite possibly there's probably going to be a third one. There definitely could be. Yeah. But uh, all right, that. Uh, that about does it for the first part of the show here. Uh, stick around for our movie of the week. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 2011 Gareth Evans masterpiece. The Raid Redemption from Indonesia. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't know who Gareth Evans is, if you're a horror fan, you will know him from the uh, VHS 2. He did the segment about the cult. And the cultists were like, um, these reporters go to this cult kind of like uh, school. And everything just goes to shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the craziest <laughs> one in part one. two. It's the best one, though, also. Um, so if you like that, you're going to like his other action movies. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, Raid Redemption came out in 2011. I remember seeing the previews for this movie and shitting myself because I was like, oh my God, I have to see this. And of course, I couldn't find a theater around me at the time, or nor did I have the time to go and see it. Uh, but luckily, I, in 2011, 2012, I was looking on torrents and I found a copy of it. Um, and it was excellent. Um, ten years later now, this movie's ten years old now, mm -hmm. I love it even more, and we're going to get into it. Uh, it's kind of unusual for me to start talking about how much I like a movie before we start talking about it, but after, like, watching uh, Black Widow and watching Mortal Kombat and everything, my, I myself, plus I wanted you to watch what masterful fighting is. Yeah, I think I get what what well-shot fighting looks like right. now. I think and, I get it. And it's not even like how it's filmed necessarily. It's also like the sound effects and the sound editing, which are... Uh, someone should have won an award for this movie just mm -hmm. for the sound editing alone. And choreography. Choreography, too, yeah. of course. Choreography is, is great in this movie. 
Um, we'll get into a little bit more about that, but we'll start with the story um, pretty quickly here. Um, not a big plot in this movie. It's it's a very quick plot. I'll say quick plot. Because <laughs> yeah. um, basically what's happening in this movie is that um, these police officers, part of like a SWAT team in Indonesia, are tasked with um, taking out this drug dealer who owns this huge apartment building that's just gone to shit. Um, and they're there to take him out or kill him or get him out of there. And that's like the basic like uh, uh, gist of what these soldiers, not soldiers, but these police officers are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We're not given too much information at this point in time. A lot more of it is revealed to us later on in the film. But what we're left with now is these 20, like two dozen police officers go and just break into this apartment building and go floor by floor and get the residents out and other drug dealers and other just like the lowest of the low live in this apartment building along with the dirt poorest of people. Right. So, uh, so there are some innocent bystanders. Right. In this it's just it, this building isn't just filled with a bunch of cretins. It's yeah. like has like regular people on it too. So um, we're introduced to uh, a, a few of our main characters. Um, Rana is our main guy, played by uh, I want to say Iko Uwais. I, I can't pronounce his name. I think, yeah, that's what I would say. Iko Uwais. Uwais or something like that. <laughs> yeah. He is uh, actually like. A, a, martial arts expert. I'm not sure which martial art it is. Um, so that's how he was. He grew up uh, learning this shit. And then uh, Gareth Evans actually directed a movie before this with him in it also. Uh, another kind of kung fu movie in Indonesia. Um, so we got to see how awesome he is in that movie. And then he's cast in this movie as like our main hero. Um, we, uh, we see in the beginning of the movie that he is praying and he has a wife that is pregnant mm-hmm. uh, in his house and then he leaves his house and says you know I'll be back I'm going to do the right thing and everything um, before he leaves he sees his father and his father says along the lines of make sure he's okay kind of bring him home we don't know who the fuck he's talking about Yeah. so we're okay we're just thrown back into that bus with all the cops heading to this to this apartment building so they get in there start clearing everyone out um we also meet Jaka, who is the captain of these guys. He uh, is played by Joe Taslim or Ta- Talsim. Uh, is it yep. Taslim or Talsim? Ta- Taslim. Taslim. Uh, you would know him from the Mortal Kombat movie as Sub Zero, mm-hmm. and he's in a few other like. Uh, God, what's the other movie? I always forget the name of this movie on Netflix. It's a, a awesome kung fu movie, and he's the star of it. Um, at night. Uh, not it comes at night, but the, the night, night comes for us. Night, the night comes for us. Oh, also, Star Trek, Be- Star Trek Beyond, Fast and Furious Six. Yeah, yeah. But these yeah. guys, uh, and Eco also is in Star Wars. He, uh, the uh, Force Awakens. He's oh, okay. Small, very small role, but he got the role uh, because of the raid and uh, its sequel. Because I believe J.J. Abrams was a fan of it <laughs> and saw that he, saw that he was a big star, and so that. He has a minor role in The Force Awakens. If you remember the part where we finally get to see Han Solo in The Force Awakens, and he's being kind of, like, tracked by, like, these smugglers or these bounty hunters. Oh, okay. And he's one of the guys who's 
tracking down Han Solo. When when the door opens up and it's all these big slimy octopus yes, monsters? Yes, yes, okay. yeah, he's one of the guys <laughs> there. Along with another one of the characters uh, that we meet later on in the movie, too. Probably the best character in the movie, but we'll get to him <laughs> shortly. Yes, easily um, the best character, so if it, you ask me. So you, uh, Joe Taslam and Eco, um, lots of charisma from these guys, and I think it totally bled over to... Um, American cinema because I mean we got Joe Taslam as Sub Zero and he signed on for a shitload of movies. Mm-hmm. We have Eco who's been in a bunch of other things and if you look at an IMDb he's just got tons of shit coming yeah. up. He has a, a Netflix movie. It's like a wushu kind of fucking movie on Netflix. I haven't watched it. Uh, also, there's another sequel coming out. Snake too, Eyes, Wu yes. Assassins. And he's billed as Hard Master in yes, Snake Eyes. In this, uh, the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes yeah. movie. So, yes, there we go, right there. He's getting all these fucking roles. He's mm-hmm. a badass and he has charisma. So, um, all right. We learn that he's also a rookie cop, um, not the most experienced. So, when they head to the building, um, he's kind of tasked with kind of getting this one guy to his apartment building. Uh, the way they get into the apartment is that there's this one guy who's just a normal guy trying to get into apartments, unlocks the doors, he has medicine for his wife who's pregnant or sick or whatever, and um, he's kind of stuck with him for a minute just mm-hmm. to make sure he's okay, while everyone else goes around and starts clearing out the buildings. It's going off flawlessly until mm-hmm. like the fourth or fifth floor when all the cops are huddled around going door to door and a kid sees them. And ends up running away from them and goes to alert the, the drug, uh, well, the main guy, the drug dealer, who's on, like, the I want to say the top floor of the building or the 15th floor of the building, to let him know that the cops are there so that they can take out the cops. But um, there's another individual with the cops, the lieutenant, who organized this to bring down this drug boss. Of course, he's not answering anyone's questions about why they're there. So then we kind of, we're kind of figuring out that the lieutenant here has an ulterior motive mm-hmm. and that um, not everything is what it seems. And we're, we're, we're getting fed even more and more throughout this movie that this isn't like a normal thing that the police are supposed to be doing. Right. That they're not necessarily the good guys in this, in this whole situation. There maybe aren't any no, guys. No. Yeah. So, um, the lieutenant, once the kid runs away, the lieutenant fires on a kid and kills him. Mm-hmm. And then another kid finds out um, and tells the the drug dealer, which, I mean, he has control over this whole building. Like, he, there's intercom systems set up everywhere to where this kid is able to get away from the cops and briefly touch the intercom system and say, cops are here. Mm-hmm. To which... The drug boss is let known about this and has uh, and starts to tell the rest of the residents that the cops are here, they're not supposed to be here, and if you kill them, you get free rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everyone, nearly everyone now, is out to kill the cops. What's interesting about this movie, and, and action-wise, is it very much starts off as a, a run-and-gun more of like, I don't want to say John Woo, but more of like a Michael Bayish action gun fighting movie. Yeah, the camera kind of shakes and shakes a little moving bit. down the hall really fast. Right, it's very intense, kind of like a, a procedural cop shoot shoot 'em up movie. Yeah, 
but it changes very uh, very quickly after that because once the um, the drug dealer tells everyone to start killing the cops, he shuts off all the lights, and the cops are at a disadvantage now because they're just completely surrounded by everyone. They mm-hmm. have really no chance to get out. And that's when the shooting begins. Most of the cops are just annihilated right away because, I mean, they don't know the building. They're at a lower advantage. They're only on the fourth and fifth floors when this is happening, and all the bad guys are floors ahead, so they have the upper ground. Mm -hmm. They have a great advantage on these guys. And so um, when this is happening, our main characters, of course, are the ones to get away. Um, The uh, uh, Jaka and Rana and the lieutenant, of course, get away with a few of the other guys. Uh, another one of the um, cops, who's kind of a jagoff in the beginning, gets shot, and Eco kind of or Rana has to kind of watch over him for a while while um, everyone's hunting him. So that's when the movie changes into a kung fu movie, mm-hmm. and this is when the movie kind of really starts to pick up because the beginning is it, it's a little bit slow moving to get to where we are now compared to the high intensity of what this movie really is. Mm-hmm. Our first big fight scene with Rana is exceptionally well done. It shows brutality in fighting. You ever you remember um, when, uh, I want to say it was Tom Savini said um, for the impact of his, um, of his special effects... It's just not the gore that's going to get you. It's what's leading up to the gore. Like the how he, the with axe. the axe, he hits the, hits the light, light. So you know that's, a, that's an axe. Right. And right. it comes down on someone's head. Mm-hmm. This movie is very much like that, too, with its mm-hmm. sound effects. It gives every... Like, the sound effects are so important to this movie because it just gives off such an impact with the fighting that's going on. Mm-hmm. And Rana is such a badass fighter because he's just taking all these dudes out. He's getting hurt, too, and getting punched and everything. He's not necessarily a Superman, but he's still fucking all these dudes up. Yeah. And it's he does a really good job of that. And then you really get to see what this guy is all about. And those are the long shots I was yeah. talking about of just watching the choreography of the fighting. Yes. Without cutting all over the place right. and not, making me go, what's happening? Not cutting every two seconds. Yeah. Like, the, the editing in this movie is spectacular, too, because it's not, like, quick shaky cam, cut to the next shaky cam. It's straight up right here. We have the camera angles, too, if you paid attention, if you pay attention to this movie at all, is that they're all over the place. We're not just eye-level we're not just down the hall. We're above them, too. Yeah. Like, we're, we're watching from bird's-eye view, uh, top-down view of this of some of these fights, which are brutal. They yes. are... Uh, people are getting stabbed, and, and their heads bashed against walls, and it's just very realistic and, and brutal. And that's what... That's exactly what Mortal Kombat wasn't. It, there wasn't the brutality in there. Yeah. Even though... It's Mortal Kombat. There should be fucking brutality yeah. in these punches. You should be able to go, ooh, ow, ooh. Because right. during the movie, I can hear you going, ow, fuck, ow, shit. Yeah. Because like, like, there's these moves that they're doing. It looks like they fucking hurt. Yeah. The choreography is just so spectacular in the, in this movie that it's it's a fine ballet. Really. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's I absolutely done. agree. And yeah, Mortal Kombat... It was just like fun, stupid video game violence, mm-hmm. and I was fine with that yeah. too. And, but, fine, yeah. and it's okay, but it should have been this. This is the movie Mortal Kombat should have been. This Agreed. is the fighting scenes that Mortal Kombat should have been. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, through our fight scene, well, Ron is excellent. Uh, we love the guy. Uh, and then we're introduced to a couple more of our bad guys. Uh-huh. Uh, the first bad guy that we see is actually brothers of Rana, and that Rana knew he was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And he had his kind of own little plan, too, to kind of seek out his brother and maybe save him. Get him out thing. of there, yeah. Uh, his brother is like one of the top-tier henchmen, I want to say, or mm-hmm. second, third-in-command kind of guys. And then we're introduced to our 5-2 little guy named Mad Dog. Mad Dog. The best who, character the in the movie. best fucking character in this movie. <laughs> who was also in The Force Awakens 2. He was with um, Ico and that ship when mm-hmm. they meet Han Solo. He's there too. Um, Mad Dog is a master of many martial arts. Little guy. Very, very stringy. Very small. But packs a punch. He's Pen- bad, badass. I don't know his name, but Pensak yeah. Salat is the name of the Indonesian martial arts that both those oh, okay. actors. I am probably mangling probably, that. Probably. P e n c a k s i l a t. All right. Well, that's yeah. the type of Indonesian martial arts that they both do. Fuck! I gotta learn yeah. that shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> brutal. Brutal. Yeah. He is a brutal fucking martial artist mm-hmm. and we get to see that um later on in the movie where uh jaka and the lieutenant are get split up from Eco because um there was a badass fight scene before we get to all the kung fu with guns where um some of our police officers are trapped in one of the apartments where they they're stuck there and they can't go out the window because there's snipers out there too mm-hmm. so they have to dig through the floor and go to the floor underneath them so they get there, and of course, there's other henchmen down there trying to get in the door. Also, uh, what Rana actually ends up doing is grabbing like the refrigerator, throwing like this um, what, what is it, like a, uh, a, a propane tank in the oh, fridge, yeah. <laughs> puts it up to the door, throws a grenade in the fridge, and puts it up to the door, and blasts the fuck out of like <laughs> twenty bad guys, lays them all out. And then that's, from right there, that's kind of like the end of the gunfighting, which leads us into all the kung fu. Yeah. There's a perfect transition right there. Our, our, our champions get split up into different directions. Eco and the one guy who was an asshole before but now was wounded go off one direction. <clears throat> and Jaka and Lieutenant and, uh, fuck, I forgot the other Nate guy's name, uh, Guru or some shit Jaka like that. Jaka and Weihu. Weihu, Weihu. Right, Weihu is another one of the guys there. Kind of a, a just a smaller character going a different direction, and that's what leads us to machete. These guys with machetes are now hunting Rana and Jaka. Mm-hmm. Um, Rana uh, ends up going finding a safe haven in the room to where the one guy he he helped earlier get to his wife. He was just a normal guy, helped him get to his house. They end up at his apartment. And they were like, dude, let me in here. My partner's fucked up. I know you're a good person. Let us in. So they let him in the apartment, and they hide him in, like, a secret area. And the machete guys break into that home and, like, trying to find where he is. It's very, it's a very intense scene because mm-hmm. um, Rana's still pretty much in decent uh, condition, but his partner's fucked up. And they're hiding in the wall, and that's when the one guy, he, he kind of looks like... Um, the machete guy. He kind of looks like the uh, the horn dude from Clash of the Titans. Okay. <laughs> I forgot his name. Uh, but anyway, if you've ever seen Clash of the Titans, he's the horn dude who ends up um, 
getting his head cut off, I think, in the movie, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Rana ends up leaving him in, in that guy's home. He's like, dude, take care of him. I'll be back later to get him. I gotta go help my other friends out. Uh, ends up leaving that apartment and getting into another huge fight with the machete guys. Mm-hmm. Beautiful fight again. Um, excellent choreography. Like, just... Oh man, you, you really do have to. I mean, of course, yeah. this is a definite recommend or right away. I don't care about fighting. I couldn't even tell you if it's good fighting or bad fighting, but I was really into this. But I think you know, after watching like those different movies I've shown you now, yeah, the difference between like I good, can now, yeah, yeah, the good fighting and bad fighting, mm-hmm. and just like it, 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 it's you can definitely check it out after watching all these different movies out. So, of course, after that, Rana um, ends up, you know, beating the fuck out of everyone in there, throwing yeah. dudes out of windows and shit, <laughs> ends up surviving uh, the fight, uh, leaves, like, this other apartment that he got thrown into, and um, his brother ends up seeing him and brings him into one of the rooms, like, dude, why are you here and everything? He's like, I, I don't know exactly why I'm here, I'm, I come with me, I'm trying to save you kind of thing. His mm-hmm. brother's like, no, I belong here, we live two different lives, kind of. They're having that whole conversation. Uh, but our other guys end up getting caught. Like, uh, Lieutenant and Jaka end up getting caught by Mad Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lieutenant and uh, Gui Wagyu, or whatever his name is, uh, run away, and Jaka gets a gun pulled to his head by Mad Dog. But Mad Dog doesn't like guns very much and ends up, you know, telling Jaka to put his knife down. They go into one of the apartments, um, and then that's where Mad Dog says, like, I'm not a big fan of guns. Uh, shooting a gun is like taking is like calling for for delivery. I think that's the line. Yeah, it's like something easy, about you know? like hand-to-hand is much more satisfying. Than right. Him. Yeah. Um, and then that's where we get to see Mad Dog beat the fuck He's unbelievable. He's amazing. He just, he's flying all over the place, and, and just doing all these... Badass elbow shots and punches and everything. I mean, Jaka's you know, holding his own for a little while, and Jaka's like a good foot taller. Yeah, this is a Mad small Dog. man. He's very little. <laughs> and yeah, Jaka just gets the shit kicked out of him, and then Mad Dog just breaks his neck mm-hmm. after just punching him in the face a bunch of times. Great scene, great like uh, great acting by Jaka or Joe Taslim, just getting the shit kicked out of him and acting like he's fucked up. It mm-hmm. does a really good job. So yeah, Mad Dog takes care of him. Um, the brothers, you know, kind of go their separate ways. Uh, Mad Dog is kind of kind of leery of uh, Rana's brother, uh, so he doesn't really trust him at all. Uh, so um, they end up going back up to the drug dealers, uh, the main guy's fifteenth floor penthouse. Uh, Mad Dog brings the body of Jaka with him, shows him like, "Hey, I killed this guy. Mm-hmm. What did he do? He didn't do anything." Um, but what ends up happening is that the drug dealer has cameras everywhere and then sees that his, um, the, uh, Rana's brother is actually, you know, um, saved his life mm-hmm. and is like trying to save Rana's life because it's his brother. Uh, so he's lying and he betrayed the, uh, the, the head guy. Right. Uh, the head guy ends up stabbing him through his hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, later on, we see that they chain him up and that Mad Dog's just beating the fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, though, um, we get to see probably one of the better fighting 
best fight scenes of the movie. They're all they're all they're all so good. They're all really good. Yeah. This is but this one uh, we get instead of just uh, Rana fighting, we have Rana w- Wagyu Beef, uh, whoever his name is. I keep forgetting his name. Wayu. 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 I don't know if I'm and, saying that right. And the lieutenant yeah. go into like uh, the part of the building where they're making all the drugs, and we get to see the fighting styles of three different guys in this mm-hmm. situation. Of course, Rana is the best one. He's fighting the best guys, kicking the shit out of them, getting the shit kicked out of them. Everyone's getting the shit kicked out of them, kicking the shit. Using everything that they have around them as weapons. Great fight scene. It goes on for a good good five-minute, ten-minute fight scene. Yeah, and there are a lot of times, most of the time, after a couple minutes, I'm like, okay, get it, mm-hmm. they're fighting. Mm-hmm. But it's the choreography so... So exciting Incredible. to watch. Incredible. Yeah. That, uh, okay, so after that whole scene's done, they're done fighting, they're about to head up to the to the main guy, but Rana, instead of going to the top floor, sees that his brother is in a room getting the shit kicked out of him by Mad Dog. Um, so Rana goes into the room, Mad Dog ends up, you know, lowering his brother down. Because he's looking for a fight. He doesn't yeah. want to kill him. He wants to fight both of them. He lives up to his name. Mm-hmm. So Mad Dog lets the, lets the brother go and gets in between Rana and his brother, and he wants to fight him. Mm-hmm. And so they fight. And the thing is, is that Mad Dog would have won the fight against either of these guys one-on-one. But there needed to be two of them to beat Mad Dog, mm-hmm. which is... Which is brilliant on on the part of this movie because usually in these films you have our main guy come through in the end and beat the fuck out of him or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And it doesn't happen in this movie. There needed to be two guys to take to him take out. To take this guy out. To take this five foot two dude out. And this fight scene is about ten minutes long just between these three guys. Brutal. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like I said before, it's a violent ballet done to perfection yeah. mm-hmm. and and this whole scene does it right there so while this is going on the lieutenant ends up killing Weiyu and uh goes up to meet with the uh well actually he meets up with the drug dealer kills Weiyu in front of him and ends up taking the drug dealer with and that's where we get a little bit more exposition of how <clears throat> that the higher ups in the police force make money off of him, make right. the, the drug dealer, and that they pretty much sent the lieutenant in there because they didn't want him around anymore, and mm-hmm. they wanted him to die. So they put him on, like, this... So the drug dealer's saying, like, I knew you guys were going to be coming. I knew all this shit was going to happen. Like, these dudes set you up, and you're going to sit here and, like, put a gun to my head mm-hmm. kind of thing, to which the lieutenant ends up blowing this dude's head off. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, for that, of course, we have our fight, and they beat Mad Dog, luckily. I mean, uh, they needed a fluorescent light bulb in the neck, but he still was fucking fighting for another two <laughs> minutes after that. Before he went down. Before yeah. he went down. <laughs> so Mad Dog's incredible. Um, and then that kind of, we get to our, our last scene where the lieutenants, uh, Rana and the one asshole cop from before, which they got him from the apartment, are all walking away from this apartment building. Um, Rana's brother, I guess now, is like the head of this apartment building, or he's the only one left. <laughs> yeah, right. The only bad guy left in this building. He lets him go and lets him walk out the front door. And that's 
pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, Rana wants him to go with, but uh, like this is he's like this is my life. You know, this is what I do. You wear that police uniform. You wore it this entire time. That's who you are, kind of thing. You know, and then that's where our, our movie ends. So there are two sequels. There's one sequel. There's one sequel. Mm-hmm. Is that a as you would say a continuance? It takes place right after right this after. movie. Okay. And I will say that I I love this movie. It's a ten. But part two does what every sequel should do, and make it better than the original. Okay. And that's what the sequel did. This movie, as grandiose as it is, is you're you're confined to one building. Right. You're in one location the entire time. Of course, you have different rooms and everything, but you're in one location. This movie just branches out from that, and you go in all these different places. Okay. And the fighting is just as exquisite, even more brutal this time around. You're given more... Mad Dog, uh, actually, the actor who plays Mad Dog is in the second one. But not Mad Dog. But not Mad Dog, Because Mad Dog died. Yeah, Mad Dog's dead. But uh, Rana, of course, is in the sequel, and it really mm-hmm. builds on from that one for where he's kind of like stuck doing things. Um, absolutely brutal movie. Uh, A-plus, though, in the sequel. I mean, there's an A-plus for this movie, but the sequel, I remember seeing in the theater with some friends. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, we got to go fucking see this, man. I can't wait to see this. We got to go now. <laughs> and then, of course, it came out, and yeah, I was like, yeah, we went and saw it right away. Um, I was fucking blown away by the second one, even more mm-hmm. than the first one. Excellent movie. Um, maybe one day we'll do part two, but um, it, I, I'm not going to say it blows the first one out of the water, but it definitely is one of those sequels that jacks it up. And this okay. is, and it's, a, it's what every sequel should be. Is Justified, at least. Two, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, The Raid, the original one, great movie, great choreography. The sound design and sound effects, I don't think, get enough props either. Yeah, it's I agree. very and you need that with fighting, you with movies. You need those sound effects. You need that that th- those cracks and everything. That hit sounds those hits sounded brutal. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the example I can think of, and this is because I have very limited examples when it comes to fighting, mm. so please don't at me. <laughs> I'm not even on Twitter. But uh is uh, Atomic Blonde. That's when I noticed that her fighting style, they do long cuts, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. She really gets hurt, and the sound effects are brutal. Yes. And it sounds like she really cracks some bones. See, well, that's because it comes from a choreographer. Right. That movie's directed by a choreographer, stuntman. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's brutal. Uh, What is it, like Tim Miller, I want to say his name is, or David Letch or something like that, did uh, Atomic Blonde and the Deadpool movies. The Deadpool movies, yeah. So, um... Yeah, so they know what's brutal and what mm-hmm. makes sense and what really has feeling to it as compared to, like we were talking about Loki. Like, I, I, like who are they fighting? I didn't give a fuck, you know? They're, yeah, and that's a whole... They're barely even fighting. They're just, like, wisping their capes around yeah, and yeah. dancing. Yeah, I agree. But, I probably never would have noticed except that you bitched about it mm-hmm. in every episode. Yeah, but I definitely f- notice it now. So yeah, this is a definite watch. Agreed. You can rent it on Prime for three fifty, I think it is, or four dollars. Yeah, yeah, like three bucks. Rent this movie if Do you're it. a fan of action movies. Mm-hmm. You're gonna love it. Uh, kung fu movies. If you like kung fu movies, you're gonna love it. It's. I can't give this enough praise. So, 
definitely check this one out. Yeah, I could give a shit about fight scenes, but even I could tell how great these were. Yes. Yeah. And it, it was fun, actually, to, to, to watch you... I mean, I wasn't watching you watch these, but I can look out of the corner of my eye that you're actually paying attention to I was to into fight. it, yeah. You're into it. You're like, oh, whatever. There's some guys fighting. Big fucking <laughs> deal. I know what's going to happen. It's like, yeah, you, you're watching around a fight, and you know he's going to win, but you don't know how he's going to win. Yeah. You don't know what's coming next. And wave after wave comes after him. It's just... It, it's... It, I really love how like the movie kind of just changes and it just it slightly changes in its action, not necessarily in its tone. That we're all with guns here, we're blasting everything to shit, but now we have no guns anymore. We're we're left with our fists, right? And then it just gets way more interesting that way. Mm-hmm. So, Agreed. Anyway, um, anything else to add? No, check it out. Definitely check this one out. Um, top of the board for me and. Definitely check out part two because it expands on the first one. It really does. Man, the second one's amazing. So, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for sticking with us this episode, and we'll be back in a few weeks. Thanks for listening.